Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, August 6th. Never reduce people mentally to stereotypes. Everyone is, in his own way, unique. To typecast a person is to impose limitations on him that may paralyze his progress. Um, Swamiji would comment about this in, in, in earlier in his spiritual life when he was still um, part of the organization Master founded before he was put out on his own and started in Ananda. His, uh, his nemesis in that situation was uh, a woman who practiced astrology. And she was very, uh, you know, very well-informed, highly educated astrologer. Master had actually suggested to her that she stop practicing astrology. Bear in mind, it wasn't that Master thought inherently astrology was not valid, but he thought astrology was not good for her. And Swamiji commented, reflecting, sometimes when Master would give an instruction, and I've certainly found this to be true in the things that have happened with Swamiji, um, sometimes you just contemplate, if even for a long time, even for years, it, it may not be obvious why Swami or Master gave that particular instruction, and sometimes it's very helpful to just reflect on why he would do that, because Master himself knew astrology and knew that it was a valid science. In Autobiography of a Yogi, there's a chapter called Outwitting the Stars, which is about both the effect of an, a horoscope and the capacity to transcend the effect of that horoscope. So both real, all realities are true at the same time. But what Swamiji said, and I think pr- probably also motivated him in this particular comment, is that th- this woman had a disinclination. She didn't really have a very good understanding of people. And she was yet she was in a position of great influence. And sometimes she would substitute her knowledge of astrology for the necessity to actually uh, 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 harmonize her own vibration with someone or attune herself with an individual's consciousness sufficiently to be able to understand who they were and what they were doing. She would merely look at the horoscope and then she would declare who they were based upon what was in the stars rather than actually looking at the person to see, see what it was like. And particularly between Swami Kriyananda and that lady, her inclination to do that caused him all kinds of trouble because she, she, could never, she would never believe his own frank statement of his intentions, of his motives, of his personality. She would never believe the evidence in front of her eyes. She would just look at the horoscope and declare. She would stereotype him, in other words. And, and whereas, and I will speak positively because I've had very good experiences with, uh, with intuitive astrologers who don't typecast you, but use the horoscope as like an opening door for then a, a, a more sensitive, intuitive understanding. And the best astrologers, since I'm talking about that, actually learn what the horoscope means by seeing what the person is like, rather than uh, de- declaring what the person is like from looking at the horoscope. And so sometimes when you see uh, something manifested in someone, um, then you have to go back and look at it. For, for example, 
a very well-reputed uh, astrologer, very well-known with a very good reputation, um, did a horoscope for a friend of mine. And it was not done in person, and the, the astrologer was a stranger, which is not uncommon. Uh, uh, even intuition, I mean, an astrologer's intuition also has to be based on their ability to connect with the consciousness at a distance. I've spoken of the fact of, of having the evidence right in front of you, but a good astrologer can also feel it at a distance. And this man, who was quite good, had a bad day with this particular reading, because he described this person as being ineffectual and paralyzed and paralyzed with inaction and indecision and and just you know as somebody who barely functioned whereas in fact this person functioned at a very high level and was and was very successful in everything that they did they had notable success karma the horoscope was just crazy but what the actual reality of it was, as the person himself said, that, that and, and the astrologer had read it accurately, there was enormous pressure, enormous pressure in that horoscope. And, and it was like basically a very thin line of possibility. And the man whose horoscope was read incorrectly said, yes, he said, but I, I've turned that pressure into a laser is what he said. And so it was true that, and, and knowing, being able to observe, I realized that that individual was very, very strict. He walked a very narrow path because, in fact, he himself sensed that he had no, he had no margin. But he turned all the pressure into a laser, which is just like, you know, you can, you can stereotype and say this is what will happen, but you can't account for free will. You can't, uh, an astrologer friend of mine said something very interesting. I think the example was Napoleon. And you know, and, and there was a moment when Napoleon was born, and there were probably a lot of other people who were also born at that same moment, but none of them we remember or know anything about. Because it's not only the pattern that's laid out as our potential, but it's what we make of it, where free will comes in, which is why Master titled his horoscope Outwit Outwitting the Stars. Master's own horoscope said that he would be married three times and three times a widower. And when his older brother was trying to force Master not to follow the path of renunciation, but to become a householder, which God knows why he was trying to do that, but he was trying to do that. People do these things and, uh, be, and, and pointed to Master's horoscope and saying, look, it's right in your horoscope that you have to be married. And Master literally took the paper on which his horoscope was written, burned it to ashes, put the ashes in a bag, and handed it to his older brother, and said, you know, the whatever I've burned to ashes, whatever's written the stars I've burned to ashes with my willpower. And I believe three times his family tried to get him married. So the horoscope was fulfilled, but not in the way, not in the most obvious way it could be read. So I'm talking about when you have special insight into someone, whether you read their palm or or read the bumps on their head, or whatever it is that you're reading, those things can, can enlighten what you know and enhance what you know. Master even had his disciple, Dr. Lewis, stripped down to his underwear, and Master examined his body, his physical body. This is Master in, you know, in America. Dr. Lewis is his first disciple. And he examines his physical body and then pronounces that he has many auspicious signs. And then it'll, you know, it bodes well for his spiritual future. 
I mean, why do we make the bodies we make? Why are we shaped the way that we're shaped? I think if we had the capacity to perceive, we could see the implications of everything. It's just that I know there's a whole medical system that's based on one drop of blood. I mean, these very sophisticated diagnostic systems, they're not mainstream, but nor are they impossible that a great deal can be told, even into the future, from one drop of blood. Because anything that is a creation of our life force has the potential to be the center, center everywhere, circumference nowhere, which is a phrase that appears earlier in this book, that any point is the center point of everything that happens. So whether or not we're working with some kind of specialized knowledge that gives us insight that it would take years of knowing a person personally to learn, or whether we just have a habit, oh, people who walk like that are this way, you know, people who are overweight have this kind of personality. Koreans are like that. Chinese are like that. Whatever you might want to say, anybody can say, you know, white Europeans are like that. And we're caught at, at the time that this is be, being recorded, which is in the middle of the COVID pandemic of 2020, when also in America, at least, all of this uh, submerged racism, what's the word, in, in systemic racism that has been more or less just below the horizon line for many people, not for everybody, but for many people, is all just coming up to the surface. I mean, this, because your skin is dark or because your skin isn't dark, because every people are accusing each other on both sides, um, because of the color of your skin, therefore, it's just the stereotype. But we're just too complicated to be stereotypes, even, even within the own type that we are. We just have these incredible anomalies. There's just nothing we can do about it. A friend of mine who is my own age, which is in the early mid, we're getting, we're getting close to the mid-70s, um, she and I were young nuns together back when we were both in our 20s, and she's a renunciate's renunciate. Even she's been a householder now for a, a married woman for decades, but she's such a renunciate in her heart. And with all due respect, and I shan't name her name, but with all due respect, um, she, she dyes her hair, even though her hair turned white a long time ago. She still has this very attractive dark hair. I have to say, full disclosure, I don't dye my hair. This is the color that God made it. It's wasted on me because I wouldn't dye it anyway. But nonetheless, here I am. So she dyes her hair, is still dyeing her hair at this age, even though she's hardly prematurely white at this point. I said to her, she's wonderfully impersonal because she's such a renunciate. I said, you know, my dear... When we were in our 20s, I would have bet $100 million that when we got older, you would never dye your hair. It's just like, you just wouldn't have done it. She smiled at me and said, I would have bet $100 million that I would never do it too, she said. And then she just laughed and said, odd, isn't it? <laughs> and of course, I loved her for that. Odd, isn't it? And it is odd. It's very uncharacteristic. I think... She likes to feel, she does feel, and she's amazingly energetic. I think it helps her to feel dynamically useful, youthful that when she looks in the mirror, she doesn't have white hair. I mean, that's my explanation. But stereotype, we're not even stereotypes of ourselves. We're exactly the same, and we can even say what kind of a person we are, except when we're not. And it's just as simple as that. And if we don't allow ourselves, ourselves and the people around us to surprise us. I mean, sometimes people have very surprising characteristics are very surprising interests that you just you just wouldn't have known that were, they were there 
in our community, um, every year we have, at, well, it's, we usually have just one, it used to be at Christmas, but now we have it in the springtime. We have a party for the, the members of our Sangha, which is a, a particularly distinct, distinct group, the people who've really committed themselves and also support it financially because our entire Sangha is supported by donations. We don't have any industries. The people for whom the presence of our temple and our Sangha is meaningful, they're the ones that make it happen. That's how spiritual work works work. People tithe. People give 10% to the source of their inspiration because they know their lives wouldn't be the same if that source of inspiration were not present for them. Even though we're now on the internet and we're international, we still accept donations. We offer everything for free, but it has to somehow, somewhere, there's expenses that have to be met. So once a year we would have a gathering. We'd have a candlelight dinner, candlelight party. You know, just make it as elegant as we possibly could and just for fun, just for ourselves for fun. And then we'd, we'd play sometimes, oftentimes we'd play games some kind of social games, just to get to know each other better and just to have fun. And one of our favorite games has been, it's titled, You Did What? And we would gather stories in advance. We were a few hundred people. We'd gather stories in advance of just interesting things that people have done. And then um, a couple of people who are very talented storytellers would turn those stories into just a few charming paragraphs. Then you you get 10 people on the stage and three of them are the stories and you read the story and then the rest of the family tries to guess who was the one who did this? Who was the one who swam in the Olympics? You know, who was the one who bicycled across India? Who was the one who appeared on the stage with the President of the United States? I mean, that was a really interesting one. This one was, this person was on the speaker's platform with the President of the United States. I'm not sure which president it was at that time. And it was just like, we just kept looking and looking, could not figure it out. It turns out, and we all knew this, but we didn't think of it, one of the women in our sangha, her husband is hearing impaired. She works for the, in a school for the deaf, and she's absolutely adept at sign language. She stood next to the President of the United States and signed his entire speech when he visited the local area. But it's like, you did what? And it was, also, it was just fascinating because people that you wouldn't have thought, you know, had it, whatever it was that they did, and that yet they had it. There it was. It's just like, why limit people? Why not just be open? Know what you know, but don't make that, make that the, the beginning rather than the end of who they are in your estimation. Okay, so... Never reduce people mentally to stereotypes. Everyone is, in his own way, unique. To typecast a person is to impose limitations on him that may paralyze his progress. God bless you all. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.